It's often the little things, small behaviors, that can change our lives. That's the power of a financial edge. I'm Ed Meek. I'm a financial advisor with a passion to help you retire early, save more, and live better. Welcome to Ed's Edge, the podcast to help you live the life you've always wanted. Watch out. Thieves. Scoundrels. Pickpockets. Do you walk around like this? It seems like it. You just show people your credit cards and the numbers. Video guy, make sure those numbers don't show up because we have a few people who listen to this podcast who might take them down. I'm serious. Watch out. Here are some stats for you. 30,000 websites are hacked every single day. There's a cyber attack once every 39 seconds. In fact, there was a 50-50% increase in cyber attacks last year. The economic cost of cybercrime in the U.S. is between $57 billion and $109 billion. Last but certainly not least, we believe this is the most important one. 95% of all data breaches are caused by human error, making mistakes on our part. And so today what we wanted to do is talk to you about ways you can avoid these thieves from getting at your financial affairs. Have you ever been a victim or someone you know of identity theft or fraud? It is rampant. It's not like in the 50s where people were walking around with money hanging out. I mean, people obviously didn't do that. But pickpockets, how did they get your money before? Oh, they go to the mail. There was mail fraud. People would try to steal money through mail. It's much more sophisticated now. With technology, we have to be very, very careful. I'm sure you probably know, I think all of us know, of some people who have been victims. We're here today to try to help you identify ways to prevent things from going wrong for you and your loved ones. You know, it makes me think back to um, some pretty clear examples of big companies that have gotten uh, hacked. Target, they had a full-on data breach. Many other big companies have, and so if they can get breached, those big companies that have a lot of security measures, I, I think we need to be careful, create that awareness for ourselves too. Well, I mean, almost everybody can get breached. It's just a matter of, will it happen? And do they happen to want to like, tar target you, right? Mm -hmm. uh, but there's ways to make it a lot a lot harder. And and the path of least resistance is, is the key. If we can make it difficult for people, they're going to go on to other people who aren't doing some of the things we're going to share with you. You know, it's... Um, our goal is not to scare you. We want to... Well, it is a little bit. <laughs> I mean, so then they take action. <laughs> um, I have a story. You know, you posed the question, do you know anyone who uh, was a victim of data breach? Well, um, my sister uh, was a victim of a breach. If you recall, there was a significant amount of unemployment claims that happened in 2020 with uh, the layoffs and what have you. Well, she was working, but she received a letter in the mail about her unemployment claim saying that she's been approved. And so not only did she not apply, but she's working. How did she get approved? And so her awareness 
uh, brought her to say, this is, this is not right. First off, she opened the mail and read everything. That's important. Um, but then she took action and got that resolved. One easy example, um, but a relative of mine that was certainly a victim. I know it that. sounds simple and you assume everybody opens their mail right away all the time, but they don't, right? Some people let it stack up and there's a perfect example of why we just have to be on top of things. Um, the same thing happened to me too, a couple of years ago. So and fortunately, you know, I was able to let the state know and they took care of it. So I have a story as well. It's a, it's a different type of story. This one is around fraud. Recently, I went to a conference uh, with a custodian called Schwab. You know, we as a firm have all of our clients' assets are held under two different companies, uh, either at Fidelity Investments or we're using what's called TD Ameritrade right now, but they were bought by Schwab. And so Schwab invited me to a conference. Usually they have a, a yearly conference. And I specifically wanted to go to the, to the fraud cybersecurity just to learn as much as we possibly can in order to help our clients. And so the story the guy started with who's their expert from Schwab, uh, went like this. Uh, a couple had a real estate closing and they wanted to buy some real estate for about a uh, million dollars. And they had been interacting with uh, the, their advisor about we're going to get the money from this account and uh, sell our investments and then move move the money um, uh, over to buy the real estate. Um, what What they didn't know was somewhere along the process earlier on, uh, somebody had hacked into their computer system and they were able to see everything that was going on, all the emails and everything that was going on. What occurred was they received an email from their lawyer and the lawyer said, it's time to do the real estate deal. Here are the wiring instructions, wire the million dollars to this location. So the couple said, okay, great. They sent it to their advisor. Their advisor then um, said, called them up, which we as advisors uh, especially with you know any kind of money movement that's not to their own personal, but outside somewhere else, we called them and said, uh, are you sure that these are the right wiring instructions? Not, not we, but the advisor did. And, uh, and what happened was the couple said, yeah, the, the lawyer had sent me an email that said that, um, that these are the right instructions. So the advisor had them sign a form, the money was wired out. It wasn't their lawyer who had actually sent them the email. It was the fraudster. It was somebody who was in their system for, they believe, months had been tracking and knowing exactly what was going on. They used a perfect time in order to, a day or two before the actual real estate closing, had the money sent. Unfortunately, they only recovered about half of it. A half million dollars was lost. Now, very sophisticated. So I point this out. Some, some fraudsters, some cybersecurity is not that sophisticated. Some of it is. We have to be careful. We have to make sure we are super protective at every level. So uh, these scammers are intelligent. Yeah. They they really are. I mean, I am shocked with the intelligence some of them have. They should be working for the CIA, but unfortunately their their morals are a little bit different. And so uh the takeaway there is uh don't have too much pride to to cr be aware, you know, delegate out to the, the those if you don't feel you're comfortable, you know, um with handling some of those things on your own. But um today let's get into some tips. Yeah, yeah. So we've got seven things and then a bonus thing, but seven things to uh, consider. Uh, you might be doing some of them. If you're not, uh, please do. I mean, it literally will protect you a lot more. Number one is passwords. I know we've all heard this, but they've many people still use like super easy passwords, the same password. Do not do that. It's really, really easy to 
use something, and I've been doing it for a long time, and everybody at the company has been doing it, and I know I, my parents are doing it, is what's called a password saver or password manager, where what you could do is create any kind of crazy password, and the password manager automatically fills it in for you, or you can go find it. I know it's a little bit more work, but then people can't break these passwords if they have super long, difficult passwords. So um, yeah, I, I really strongly suggest that. Yeah. Yeah. Number two, um, be aware of the email sent your way to your story. Um, some of those emails, you know, it'll say from amazon.com, right? But pay attention to the full email address because they change one letter and that's it. And they copy the logo. They have what appears to be a very professional, um, you know, writing in there. And, but there's one or two things off typically. And they want you to click on something. And, and yeah, exactly. That's and what so, believe that fraud situation. Uh, they believe that the, this couple was tricked. They clicked on something. They thought it was legit. Um, nothing happened from it. But then they got inside of their computer. And then this really situation happened. So they use it to get inside of your situation. The third uh, is, you know, update your devices frequently. And what I mean by that is, you know, all your computers, your apps, your phones, you know, uh, they might have bugs. You got to have, anytime you have an opportunity, set up what's called auto update. Any apps that you have on your computer, have things automatically updated. Don't do it on your own. And the reason is because if you forget and you don't do it for a while, uh, you're susceptible to bugs getting in, um, into the technology. And so make sure you have that happening all the time. Yeah, and th these are from iPads, iPhones, if you're an Apple user, Google Android devices, things of that nature. And I, I know many of you are hearing that. You're saying, well, how do I auto-update? I'm not aware of the technology. Talk to those that are. They can help you with that. Um, and that was eye-opening to me, that that takeaway, is I didn't realize that auto-updating um, actually makes a big difference, and it does. So number four, um, along the similar lines as number one with the passwords, social media settings be aware of the privacy settings you have. If you have Facebook or LinkedIn or what have you, Twitter, uh, or a lot of those, that information that you provide on those social media uh, settings are answers to security questions that, you know, are that extra supposed security measure that you have in place. You name her your first pet or where you grew up or things of that nature. And there are privacy settings that you can put on your Facebook profiles to um, not allow people to see that unless they become friends with you. So be careful of that. Kind of just along those lines is this authentication. Like if you have the opportunity to do what's called dual authentication, you know, that's kind of these examples of that. Do that. Again, it takes a little bit more work. You're going to be like, oh, it's going to be a pain in the butt. I don't want to do that. But literally, like it could save you. Um, the next one is use kind of these full service internet security systems, um, McAfee, Norton antivirus. And, uh, and we do encourage using the more robust ones because they, they check your computer all the time. Um, it's almost automatic. It's put on there and you don't have to use the one if you buy a computer, but do a little research, find out what you think is the best one. There's a handful that are great out there, but they run in the background almost every day and make sure they kind of clean a lot of these bugs out. Uh, number six, uh, watch your money. Sounds simple. Easier said than done sometimes. We have many different bank accounts, many different investment uh, accounts, what have you. Um, there are websites like mint.com, personal capital that can aggregate all those together and help you better watch it in one place. Um, and so we recommend about once a week, 
I know that seems excessive to some of you, but just pay attention to anything alarming that, you know, money's moving back and forth. Where was that from? Um, even on credit cards, I know many of us, when we look at our credit card bills, oh, what's that? Oh, I won't worry about that. Pay attention. Because often what these scammers do is they have a small charge first, see if that goes through. Oh, $20, $40, what have you. And then it, it's thousands of dollars. And so being very careful, watch and make sure that everything spent, everything moved around was in fact you or your family. Yeah, I mean, that mint.com is used for budgeting, uh, but uh, I would say I use, it a, I use it a lot for that reason, to just scan and see, because you know we have a handful of credit cards, a handful of ways that money's flowing in and out, and I can just, and then it's quick. If I'm looking at it, I just shout to my wife and say, hey, you know, what about this? I didn't recognize this, and she'll tell me. And you know, almost always there's a legitimate reason, uh, but every once in a while you catch something. So super important. Uh, the last and seventh thing before uh, before we give you the bonus is, is um, this has now happened a handful of times to clients of mine. It's the phone call primarily, sometimes an email, but mainly the phone call of this is Microsoft and you have a breach in your computer system and we need to help you. We need to fix it. And, and uh, if not, then something bad's going to happen to your computer. When in reality, that's not true at all. It's not Microsoft. Microsoft doesn't call. And it might be another company, but Microsoft's the primary one. And what they do is these scammers are scaring you so they can get into your computer because then you allow them. And so I've had three clients, primarily elderly clients, that then get scared and then they get them in there. And then as they're talking to them, what happens is then they're like, for at least a few thousand dollars, we can, we can fix this for you. They don't even realize like their computer is probably not even worth the three thousand dollars. They should just get a new computer. But um, on two occasions, I was brought in. They just happened to call me because they either were like a little. They needed a little clarification, and one of them needed to send money out of his account. And I was like, "What? What's going on?" And he told me, "I'm like, I think this is fraud," and I didn't want him to feel bad. So I was like, "Well, let's check into it." And I looked into it, and we nipped it in the bud. So on, uh, I think two of them we stopped, but one of them, unfortunately, a gentleman had had paid some money out, and so. Um, just be super careful anytime anything like that ever happens. Well said. Well said. Um, the bonus. So this is certainly somewhat security, but also more protection for yourself, God forbid. And we like to call it even estate planning in some regards is who else besides you has all of your logins? Um, is it your spouse? Is it a child that happens to be a power of attorney? Who has your logins should something happen to you? Should you not uh, be aware of what's going on? Can they get in there and access things for you? Um, I'm guessing maybe you? a lot of people don't. I would agree. And that's where, like, when I mentioned earlier on that the number one one was password manager, use a password manager. If you have, like, if you have a password manager, then that person just needs the password manager password. And then they can get in, see all your passwords, access everything, super clear, super easy. Help protect you. Uh, you know, you're going to create a world of hurt for those who care about you or need to help you. If you get disabled, you can't quite get it. They need to pay for something, you're sick, or God forbid, you die. You're going to leave just this massive problem for people. And and so we all think, okay, well, these can happen, it's possible, but it, the likelihood of happening it to me is next to nothing. Well, <laughs> we say that until it does happen. And I'm gonna pull up one final chart just to show the exponential growth 
of cybersecurity attacks. And so as you can see trending over the last four years, 2022 numbers aren't out yet, but as you can see trending, it's almost, it's not a linear path of growth. It's algorithmic path, which means it's growing exponentially. And I think we could all agree with technology growing too, this will keep growing with it. So um, it's here to stay. Don't don't do this with your money, okay? <laughs> don't. I don't I don't want anyone else calling me about making mistakes with this, all right? All right. With all that being said, let's ah. let's end on a on a good note. Ed's food. food. Ah. For thought. All right. So, um finding great recipes, I you know one of the problems I have is I I keep making all the recipes that I like. And so, uh recently I um just this weekend I just really felt like chili. So I went on the internet. I just, I actually found this recipe that was 4.97 out of five stars. It was like came up as five stars. And uh, my wife uh, recently thought it'd be a good idea to do an Instapot because, you know, we're kind of busy. Um, so I found this incredible um, recipe for chili that, you know, when I was reading through it, 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 they're like, hey, if you enter this into a chili contest, high likelihood you're going to win. So so I made it, and uh, and it was awesome. I've had it three times now, um, and so I've got it posted. But just, just uh, there's some funny things in chili. I don't know if you ever made chili, but there's some funny things that you put in there, like brown sugar, huh. uh, that you put in chili, or at least in this one. Um, I'm a hot and, sauce guy, so yeah. I always add that hot sauce. Well, you can, chili. yeah. I mean, some people do that, but uh, but definitely check out like if you like chili, this one's good. So we'll be posting that. Tis the season for chili. Yeah, that's right. Good time. Good time. Thanks, everyone, for watching. We'll talk to you next time. See ya. This podcast represents an assessment of the market environment at a specific point in time, should not be relied upon as investment advice, and is not intended to predict or depict performance of any investment. Any specific recommendations or comparisons that are made as to particular securities or strategies are for illustrative purposes only and are not meant as investment advice for any viewer.